Hi, I'm Lucy James, and I listen to the One Up Gaming podcast. Hey guys, I wanted to talk to you about a podcast called Slaphead and Giraffe. It's a podcast where British light heavyweight mixed martial arts champion and his strength and conditioning coach talk about health, fitness, and fighting. Recently, they've had some pretty cool guests like Roger Gracie, Justin Wren, Luke Barnett, John McGuire, and Arnold Allen, just to name a few. And honestly, they've had a lot more than that. You guys should check it out and listen in. It's really great. Honest. You can check out their Twitter feed at Slaphead Giraffe. And then, if you want more, you can check out their website at www.slapheadgiraffe.co.uk. Hey guys, Justin here. I wanted to take a minute to talk to you about this thing we're really getting into here at One of Gaming. It's called the Eagle Box, and it's a tiny Android console that, with a high-quality wireless controller, connects to your TV via HDMI, and then it gives you instant access to all kinds of retro games. It comes pre-installed with uh, Android TV and the movie apps and all the fun stuff like Cody that you would expect from an Android box. But in addition to that, I mean, this is like me going off and saying, but wait, there's more! It can play PS1, MAME, Dreamcast, N64, Neo Geo, Atari, NES, SNES, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Sega Master System, Sega Mega Drive, or, you know, Sega Genesis back in the real world, what do you want to call it? Commodore 64, Amiga, ZX Spectrum, you know, I mean, I could go on for days with the amount of games that this thing can play. And if, by chance you happen to run out of memory, it, it, it has an expandable memory slot too, so you can keep adding on to your game library if that's your thing. Unlike a lot of these uh, other Android-based consoles out there, it supports up to 1080p, it includes a TV remote, and I, got, I can't I mean, I can't speak highly enough about this thing. It, it does everything you'd want it to, and it's a media device too. So, if you're into quality retro gaming, and, I, and you know, I know, we, you know, Nintendo has this, uh, you know, NES Classic console coming out in November, and it's going to be 60 bucks US or whatever, but you can start now. I mean, you could play these games on your TV right now, rather than having to wait, and probably not even be able to get a unit, you know, one of those NES Classic consoles, due to, you know, sheer nostalgic demand. I mean, the pre-orders are going to be crazy. Why go through that when you can get an Eagle Box from 1UP Gaming right now, and start playing those classic games right now? And then, when you're done playing games, I mean, you could watch movies and do a host of other things, media-related, all in one device. It comes with a wireless controller, it comes with a TV remote, and you you know, record live TV if you want. I mean, this is one of these things it does. It's, you know, it, it, it's a full media device, it can record... Virtually anything you think, anything you want to do on Android, you can do on here because it is a full Android device. And for those of you familiar with Kodi, it comes with that pre-installed. So go to One Up Gaming, go to our website, okay? Check it out and get yourself an Eagle Box. Don't bother going to eBay. You know who knows what's going to be there. If <laughs> I mean, you never know what you're getting out of eBay. I mean, how many times have I been burned? I can't even count the times that I've been burned through eBay. But know that you're getting a quality device through One Up Gaming that's going to do all your retro games and some fairly modern ones too, and all your media stuff too, right in your living room, right now, 
no need to wait. So go to the One Up Gaming website, check it out, and I think you'll like it. Anyway, back to the show. And we're here, we're back, we're live. It's One Up Gaming, episode 168. <clears throat> it's me, David. <clears throat> And we've and, and me Chris. and me Chris was was that your segue <laughs> to like get me to say something? No, what? it was just you coughing in the background. That well, you just paused. I was like, oh shit! Like, is that me? Yeah, it's I'm no, here. I was just <laughs> I was just waiting for you to sort of like finish coughing <laughs> before I said your name, sort of thing. But anyway, yeah. So me and Chris is here. So, the last few weeks, I've been putting up a couple of interviews from our sister podcast. So, hopefully, you've all enjoyed them. So, a little bit different. And this week, we haven't got an interview or nothing planned. It's just me and Chris. So, hopefully, something will be fun and happen. Yeah, hopefully, it's mildly entertaining. Mildly, yeah. Mildly. I mean, we're not going to push it and say we're actually going to be decent. Mildly entertaining. Yeah. We, can, we can do that. <laughs> yeah. So, I had a nice week down at my parents' house, which was good. I managed to acquire my Sega Saturn. So, uh-huh. I've brought that up to Glasgow with me. So I've now got my Sega Saturn with my fight stick, my arcade racing wheel, and the light gun. And I've got like a whole host of games for that, so that's pretty cool. Sick. I treated myself to a sensible soccer-branded mini Mega Drive with two controllers. Mm-hmm. That is like a little battery-operated thing that you just plug in, and it's got built-in... Sensible Soccer, and it's also got Cannon Fodder and Megalomania. Okay. So three of my all-time favourite games, and that's pretty cool. One thing that I will say, the emulation on the actual device, instead of doing it as a normal 4x3 sort of screen size, you know, the square screen, like the old days, they've actually enlarged it to widescreen. Okay. And, oh my god. Better it or worse? It's so grainy and blurry. <laughs> yeah, I would have thought so. I was, I was thinking, you know, it would have been blurred if they've just stretched it. Yeah, it's when you select the football game, when you're trying to select a team, you can hardly read the names. Oh. So that's, that's quite funny. Okay. So yeah, that was what. What a cool. lovely treat! But, yeah, I mean, it was only about <laughs> I think about a tenner, so it wasn't that bad. Right. Okay. But so that was what I got up to this week. So I'll, I'll ask you what you've been what you've been playing, and then we can see what I've been playing. So, Chris, what have you been playing this week? Um, bit all over the place, as as I said to you earlier. Since I'm moving to the UK in a week. Uh, yes. Yeah, so wh- when is the the date that you've got? I'm moving. I th- I'm going down on Friday. So is that Friday your time? Yep. So that's like Thursday your time. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so how long is the there. flight? Is it a direct or? Uh, I fly over to Singapore, stop there for like right. three hours, and then from Singapore, it's direct to uh, Heathrow. So it's like, right. all in all, it's like just over 30 hour flight. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 I've done it a couple times That's before. Amazing. It's It's not fun. It's like you get really bored of the movies that the flight has to offer pretty quick. Yeah. So no. So yeah. yeah. So heading down there in a week. So it's been uh, packing up stuff, getting stuff ready, organizing things. It's been a uh, pretty all over the place. Yeah, um, I can guess. Yeah. So yeah, in regards to uh, what I've been playing, um, I played two games. Once again, I feel like I'm just. I don't know. I. Either I don't think this is a bad year for games. I think there's a lot of great games coming out this year. I think I'm just choosing to play all the fucking shit ones. Because I feel like every time I come on here, it's like, Chris, what have you been playing? And I'm like, alright, you're about to hear me complain a lot. So I played Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 4. And I'm playing Mighty Number no. 9. Oh, I loved that game so much. Yeah, you love Money Number no. 9? Yeah, yeah, I loved it so much. One of the best games of the year. That's sarcasm, but you know. Yeah, I know, I was reading, yeah, I got that, I think. <laughs> um, no, I played Money Number no. 9, it was a weird game. I, um, I'm not really, like, I've never really, like, sat down and beat a Mega Man game, so, I mean, I don't have the kind of... The expectations that I think previous Mega Man fans did, um, but I jumped into it. I was like, well, the art style's all right. Like, it's not, it's not awful. It's just kind of uninspired, but it's, it's fine. Um, the story and dialogue and voice acting was pretty cheap. Like, the fact that none of the characters' mouths move at all. They're just, like, still 3D models, like, with dialogue coming out of them. Um. To me, it looked like a really cheap mobile phone game just blown up yeah um gameplay was fine it wasn't bad it was it was i mean it was fine it didn't it didn't have a great sense of flow though um i i think my biggest thing my biggest problem with it was um when you start off as mighty number nine uh it's it's kind of that typical mega man formula of okay uh you've got these you've got these set amount of bosses so you got the mighty number one to mighty number eight to fight in uh, Mighty Number no. Nine, and you got this, you got all the bosses, and it's like, okay, tackle them in any order you want, and you'll gain a power from defeating the boss, and then use that power against another boss, and you know, a, a, another one of the 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 group that you have to defeat might be weak to it. So work out which one might be weak to the power you've just discovered. So I was like, okay, yeah, fine, fine. And I go and I verse the boss that I looked up online that everyone said was the easiest. And it took me like, it took me a good like, I don't know, I'm 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 not like familiar with 2D side-scroller kind of games just in the context that I've played a fair amount, but I didn't grow up with them. So I don't have like this innate kind of skill at playing them. I'm, I'm not very good is what I'm trying to say at, at playing 2D side-scrollers. <laughs> so... I'm like I, I go on the what the the boss battle that everyone says is the easiest, which is the mighty number one. This this f- guy who can turn himself into fire, basically. 
And I'm going through the level, and it's and I and I'm looking at the boss, and it's like it took me a good ten goes before I beat this guy with the pea shooter. Like it was just like spamming the square button as hard as I could, as quick as I could. And I had my brother and his friend in the room, you know, giving me directions of when to jump and when to dodge, and you know what movie was going to do next, you know. And it was it was a team effort to bloody beat this guy. That always and so it was goes weird. well. Yeah, and so it was It was so hard, beat this guy, I mean, I'm sure other people would be like, yeah, it's so easy, what are you talking about, mate, but whatever, it was hard for me. <laughs> and so beat this guy, and I get his power, and then I found I just went against the other bosses, and like, it was easy. Like, I just, I just kind of waltzed through the levels after that, and I was like, oh, there's nowhere near as much challenge, like, now that I have one of the powers, um, it's kind of easy to work out who would be weak against that power, so go and verse them. Oh, it took me, like, one try to get through the level and beat the boss. I didn't have to use, like, any dodging or any skill. I just spammed the button of the thing they're weak against. I just did that the whole game. It was real easy. I was like, oh, I like this game now, because I can actually do it. Um, I found that... Uh, and I the game, like, it is a bit broken, because... I'm probably going to get it wrong, but when I played it, as soon as you get the... I'm sure it was the ice weapon, the freeze yeah. one. It's like a one-hit kill on just about anything. See, I had that... And once you get that weapon, you just breeze through everything. Yeah, see, I felt that exact same thing, but not with the ice. I used the, the rocket launcher. Right. You know, do you, you know the one I'm talking about? I played it about three months ago. Well, there's I, this I can't one thing about that there's game. There's this one um, mighty number of four or five. It's called Battalion, and he's basically like a tank man. He's a tank man, and uh, the power he gives you is you can fire a rocket that you can detonate at any time. So, basically, instead of trying to use skill and aim and line up shots. I just fire a rocket, which when it blew up, it would blow up kind of everything in the screen's radius. So I just kill everything with like giant rockets. Like I, it, it, I literally just went through the game bombing everything. So yeah, and no, I give it, like you find one that works for you. It's just easy. I, I just kind of yeah. strolled through, but my problem was I strolled all the way through with all these powers, and I was like, oh, it's easy now. Yeah, I do, you know, and I didn't have to think about dodging. I didn't have to build up a repertoire of skill in dodging and in timing and all that kind of stuff. And then you verse the final boss. Did you beat it, David? No. You didn't beat the final boss? I I d didn't like it as that much to actually even try. Right. So I got to the final boss. The final boss, level design and character design are some of the most uninspired video game tropey looking things I've ever seen. Right? You then go through... Sounds like the rest of the game. <laughs> yep. You then go through the level, which is hard in itself. And like hard in an annoying way rather than a challenging way. And then you get to the boss battle. And I'm sitting there. Honestly, like I got to a point where... This is the only boss in the game that has two stages you have to beat. And it's the only boss in the game that has two forms. And even if you beat the first form and you'll nearly destroy the second form, if you die, you have to repeat, you know, 
go back to the checkpoint and take on both forms again. I was getting to a point where I would go in. I had done the levels so many times that I nailed the timing on the first form perfectly. I would dodge every single move. I would, I, nothing would hit me. I'd have full health. But then I go into the second form and the second form has like unblockable hits. Which, like, is ridiculous. It has, it has three different moves it does. One of them, you know, it's, it's like all the other robots. You can, if you time it right, use the right ability, you can dodge it. But then it has two other attacks that are literally unblockable hits. And I went on YouTube, I was like, I must be bloody missing something, you know? Like, why I'm, I'm just being destroyed, even though I've got full health. And it looks up online, and they were just like, yeah, there's no seeming way to uh, dodge this move, so you just have to tank it. And I'm like, that seems stupid. Like, you've, you've built up this whole time of skill and developing dodging skills and being really good at that. And then you throw in at the last second some moves that you just can't block. And then it's like, well, you know, I was, I, I at one point, I was one hit away from beating the final boss. And then I got hit by an unblockable move. And I was like, nah, fuck this game. Fuck it. This is absolute <laughs> bullshit. It was like the first time I've rage quit for like years through my controller, I was like, nah, done. Went on YouTube, typed in the ending of Mighty Number no. 9, was still incredibly unsatisfied with what I got, was like, cool, glad I didn't keep trying to see that. Yeah, but it sounds like you put in more effort than I did. I was I was genuinely, like, certain I was going to beat that game. So After yeah, five minutes, I was genuinely certain I was not going to beat that game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, I don't think it was that bad. I don't think it was awful. It was just very, it was very average. Yeah. There was um, nothing that stood out. No. Um, and then the second game I played was Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 4. Um, That's a great which, title. Yeah. Which, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of that series just because I used to be when I was younger, really into the Naruto. I've never, never seen an episode no, I well when I was when I was a bit younger, I used to be like obsessed with the anime and the manga. Um, so I've I've played. There's even though it's Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm Four, there are six games in the Ninja Storm series. Uh, so I have the first one, the second one, uh, Generations, and then now the fourth one. Uh, and, and so basically uh, the way I describe it is uh, it fixes a lot of the problems that the previous games had, but it also is still riddled with a lot of the same problems. So, you know, it fixes, it's a fun game. It's a, it's like a 3d brawler kind of thing. If you've played any of the Dragon Ball Z, Budokai Tenkaichi games or anything like that, you'll know what it's like, but it's basically just a 3d kind of you know, if Tekken or um, Street Fighter were in, were in a 3D playing field. Um, so, it's a fun game. It's It's got the most ninja that you can play as ever. I think they said there's over 100 ninja playable. Um, they add in a lot of cool new features. So, uh, mid-battle, you can switch between the characters you're playing as. So, you have your main character that you start with, and you got up to two support characters who can fight with you. And any time in the middle of the battle, you can switch between them. So if you feel like you're losing and you're at a disadvantage due to who you're up against, uh, 
you can switch to someone who you might have a you might think have a better chance at you know um causing some damage which is which is quite cool that's i thought that was a really cool added feature um the game also has rounds now like most fighting games so it's not just your health bar when your health bar is gone you lose uh there's rounds so that's also great because uh once a round's over the winner's health stays the same and then the loser's health goes back to full health but they lost that round so it's interesting because there's these forms called awakened forms where you basically you turn into your ultimate form that might be you know a giant monster or a god you know the susanos or all those kind of things um and so you usually only get to turn into those forms when your health's really low and in the previous games because you'd only have one round you know it was rare that you saw those forms because one person would just die and then then the next person wouldn't get a chance to turn into it whereas with this keeping your health bar drained after a round then it gives that person the opportunity to turn into their awakened form so i there's a lot of features in here that you're probably sitting there david going what the fuck are you talking about but as someone who's interested in the series they are really cool added features um i think i have played an old naruto sort of game naruto. it was more like an what what are you playing is, is it no no is it the same thing naruto naruto what did i say naruto it was close enough that's like Little that's like me going anime it's like it's like it's not bad. it's like me going sacker it's like, sorry, what was that? Sacker. You mean soccer? That's yeah, what the, soccer. That's what the Americans say. I know. And it's not called soccer, it's football. Sorry, football. <laughs> foosball. <laughs> I've actually played more foosball in my life than I've played football, which is sad. Uh, anyway, what were you saying? Yeah, I've played one of the earlier sort of, more of the action-adventure sort of game. Mm-hmm. Where it's actually behind the character, like a three D, like Zelda, like, but it's more action orientated, and that was quite fun. Yeah, they um, they that so that's the Ultimate Ninja Storm series. Mm. Um, and they switch between it. Some of the games have like a very linear story path where it's literally just battle to battle to battle with cutscenes in between. And then other games have this kind of more open world, go and do little mini- miniature quests kind of things, um, in a kind of, you know, like a minimalistic 3D kind of open world game. Uh, this has both, I found. It has um, a story mode, which is the, the boss battles, uh, which is all just the fighting, um, the 3D fighting game kind of stuff. Um, with some kind of big, you know, like boss battles in between, and then a whole ton of cutscenes. Um, but then I also, after, um, beating the story mode, I actually found that there's an adventure mode, which takes place after the game story mode's finished. Um, and it drops you into an open world where you can do quests that are not to, not linked to the anime or the manga, but, um, you know, they're still trying to give you some story and something to do there. So, I mean, that's quite cool that they kind of give you both options. Yeah. I mean, I think I've played one of the demos for the the like one-on-one fighting sort of series. 
And I mean, my biggest problem is when you get to like 50, 60 characters in a game, it ends up like Smash Brothers where it's the same button combination for every character to do like special moves. And it just loses a lot of the skill. Whereas I feel like Street Fighter, yes, there is a lot of repeated moves, but there is also unique button presses and sequences to remember per character. Yeah, no, and I, I get that. I mean, I do not recommend Naruto uh, to anyone as the... Um, the um, kind of technical, um, challenging fighter game. It, it's not that. It is meant to be very accessible. It's meant to, you know, have you be able to jump in and within 10 minutes be able to land a really, really cool jutsu move. Uh, like, it's not designed to be that technical. So... Yeah. It, it's meant to be kind of like an introduction to the kind of fighting genre, um, but more or less just kind of a, a thing for Naruto fans to kind of jump in and be able to nail cool moves. So... Like, it's fine. I just... I find it hard to work out who to recommend the game to, though. Because you've got... People who don't understand it find it kind of fun in, like, a fleeting sense because, y like any kind of game based on a Japanese anime, for, like, Western audiences, seeing, like, random dudes suddenly, like, their eyes red and now everyone's on fire and then lightning comes out of a dog and there's puppets and, hold on, the puppet is alive, but, you know, they, it, you're just sitting there going, what the fuck is happening, like... And it's hilarious because you have no idea what's happening. And it's like, it's like you're just tapping buttons and it's like, oh, I just summoned a gorilla with four tails and now suddenly uh, he's breathing meteors. And it's like, yep, okay, sure, I just did that. You know, and that's, that's kind of hilarious to someone who's like, no idea what's going on. But then the story is going to be, the story mode, which is the main mode, so is going to be incredibly boring for you because it skips a lot because each of the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm games kind of tries to catch you up on the manga and on the anime, sorry. So the first game kind of went over the original Naruto arc and then all the games from there kind of tried to go over the Shippuden arc. And they've come out roughly about a year and a half between each other. So they kind of try and catch you up on how much the show's caught up since, you know, the last time, um, the last time a game came out. So this kind of covers the last couple seasons, and this is the last Ultimate Ninja Storm game. Uh, it's the first on PS4 and Xbox One. It's the last one in the series, and it covers basically the end of the Naruto series. So for someone who's never watched Naruto, never played Naruto, to jump in and just watch the end of the series is a little confusing. But then, for a fan of Naruto like myself, it's really cool to play as all the characters that you've experienced uh, in the show and actually get to play as them and use the jutsu. But kind of... The story mode, like, literally word for word retells the story of the last few seasons, but worse. So they're, like, going into all... Like, they don't, they don't cover nearly anything of anything before the game takes place, which is, like, 16 seasons worth of show or something like that. But they are, like, going, like, word for word, let's go through every episode of the show. So you'll play, like, a six-minute fight, and then legitimately you'll watch 20 minutes worth of cutscenes before you fight again. 
and you're just sitting there and as someone who's like who, who's up to date and knows the story it's like yeah i know this i know this i know this and then the game does this <laughs> really weird thing of like it can't even decide what art style it wants to go for like it's got these like cutscenes where they're like describing like backstory and all that but then one minute it'll be in like 3d animation and they'll be like you know the the, the cutscene will be animated and then the next it'll just cut to still images from the the tv series and they're just still hand-drawn images and it, so it's like you couldn't even be bothered to animate the the hand-drawn images but you just literally ripped stills from the show and then just like zoom in on them slowly and have the the dialogue over the top and it's it's like why don't it just stick to one or the other it's it's really confusing it's like am i watching a flashback nope this is this actually is just carrying on the other scene so why have they completely changed the art style of how they're gonna it's it's really bizarre um so like i say my my the two games played mighty number no. nine naruto shippuden ultimate ninja storm four mighty number no. nine really mediocre weird difficulty spikes made me rage quit and then naruto don't know who to recommend it to but i had a blast playing the uh the free battle mode with some mates that was that was really fun story just watch the show just yeah just watch the show don't 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 <laughs> play the story but then, oh, the, the, that's the last thing I have to say. The fucking thing that pisses me off about all these Naruto games, and they did it in Dragon Ball Z as well, is, like, the story is not the part people want to play. Like, it's really, like, it's fine, but it's not great, and it's like a drag if you don't want to play it. And yet, like, you unlock so many of the good characters through the story that you have to play it. Like, there are so many, like, empty bubbles on the character roster that you're like, oh, I know who that is, I really want to play as them. I'll go watch an hour of weird animated cutscenes that don't make... Ugh, just so I can play as this character for, like, two fights. It's just... That's really annoying. I hate games that do that. Guys, if anyone who's listening to this makes games, please stop doing that. Just let me play as everyone, like, from the beginning. I'm done. But then there's no challenge to keep you going. I'd rather... No, cause, The challenge just makes you hate the game, though. Because it'd be better if people could buy the game and just go... If I want to play the story, it's there. But if not, I've got all the characters here. I can play as them. I can have fun with them. If you have to unlock them, like a lot of people, like I'm telling you, like I kind of slogged through it because I'm just like, I'm a, I'm a fairly big fan of the series. If you're not as big a fan of the series, you're going to get so bored watching the story mode because there are so many cutscenes and they don't do it in the most interesting manner. And so you're going to sit through and you're going to be like, nah, screw this this is really boring and I don't have all the characters. I'm going to return this. So I think, I think you're doing is I think you just keep them separate. You just, here's your story mode. Here's your free battle mode. Whatever one you want to play, have fun, you know, or at least have the opportunity to unlock the other characters in the mode you want to play. So if you don't want to play the story in the free battle mode, they give you a challenge and they say, if you complete this challenge in the mode that you like playing, you can unlock the same characters that you would have in story mode. So you've still got an incentive to keep going and to challenge yourself, but you can do it in the part of the game you actually like. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Because, um, like, technically speaking, you've paid, like, 40 quid or whatever for the game. And 
it's like blocking a lot of the content behind basically you have to put 10 15 hours into the game to actually unlock all the things you want yeah well, exactly it, it's, like, well, it, i've paid the money i just want to play my character yeah you you've already you've already given them your money why should you have to give them your time as well i can it's understand like, on like the old arcade games are free to play where it's like you pay to unlock new features and content and characters yeah why they'd be like locked you know it's like oh you can just sit and play it for hours and hours oh give us a little bit of money to speed it up yeah no it's um yeah i i've never been a fan of that system i just think it's yeah i think it's i because it's uh, you know it's the perfect scenario is like you've just bought a game and this is this is what happened to me with my brother recently because we used to play this together and he he doesn't have a lot of free time because he's busy with his own stuff and he doesn't game too much anymore. But so I bought the game. I've paid the money for the game. And then I'm sitting there and he comes in and he says, hey, do you want to do the battle mode? And I went, sure, I'd love to. And then he's going through the character roster and he's like, oh, the ones I wanted to play as aren't here. And I go, okay, well, I'll have to beat the story mode so we can get those ones for us to play the game in the way we want. (laughs) I'm going to have to do that first. Give me six to ten hours. (laughs) <laughs> and I'll unlock them. And it's like, that's just absolute bullshit at that point that you have to kind of do that and have to say, yep, cool. Just give me six to 10 hours and then we can play the bloody part of the game that we actually want to play. You know, I mean, like, it's, it's not maybe, a bad game. It's just maybe frustrating. The, maybe the compromise is like the single player games are locked and you have to complete it to unlock things. But any multiplayer content should be unlocked from the start. Yeah, no, I get that. I just, like, it's just when me and my brother just want to have a, a random match just versing each other, like, I hate the fact that I can't just unlock all the characters. Like, yeah, I... Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So is that your bad week over of games? It's not, it's not a bad week. Like, I enjoy <laughs> playing them in the moment. It's just, like... You know, like, working kind of as a games journalist doing reviews and stuff, like, you'll play a game and be like, yeah, that was fine. I had a fine time playing it. And then you'll look back and you'll look at it critically and you go, actually, I have so much just to kind of slaughter about that game. And you didn't even realize it at the time. So it's it's weird. I Like, I didn't, I didn't, like, have a bad time while I was playing them, but I think about it now and I'm like, that was not the best experience. Yeah, it's like so, Nintendo fans. Know. They think they think the games were good, and then they realise actually no, they're pretty shit. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm um. So yeah, so I just <laughs> beat I just beat the Naruto story last night. Uh, so I'm going to be moving on to that uh, that game Armor Krog now. Right. I have no idea what it is. It's like uh, a emails like the developer. Thing. And a, was that the game that you asked me to get? Yeah, that was one of them. Yeah, it, it, it was like a, it's like a weird claymation thing. I, I had an, I have no idea what the game actually is, but I was just like, that's a really unique art style. So no, because I, I was honest with the developer. I just emailed them saying, I have no idea what this is. I've never heard of it, but one of my reviewers has asked to get it. You know, to see if you could get a copy of it, and they right. just said, Yeah, sure, here. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. So. I 
as I said before, I went down for about four days, three nights, I think it was, to my parents' house. And they're really old now. They're like in the mid mid to late sort of 60s. So basically, it's daytime TV. And it's just horrible. You just sit there, and you, you know, and your mind just goes, oh, my God. Yeah. I can't watch Heartbeat for the third time in a row. <laughs> but so I took down one of our Eagle boxes and I had it set up in the spare bedroom where crazily they've put a spare TV in there for me. And it was like a 50 inch TV. <laughs> Shoot. And it's just like one of their sort of like spare TVs that they had kicking around. They've got like better TVs than bloody I've got. Shoot. Okay. But. Basically, I just went up there and I just went onto the Cody and just went on, searched Simpsons and just put, like, Simpsons on. And it was just, like, every so often watching an episode of The Simpsons. Right. Which kept me going. <laughs> and... This doesn't seem so, like a nice holiday, David. Oh, it's, no, it's just get away from work. It, I can't tell you how much I need to get away from this work that I'm yeah. at. Yeah, yeah. It's a horrible, horrible place. Why? But it's understaffed. Okay. I'm supposed to be on a department to tidy up and put things out. Okay. But I start, and within about 20 minutes, half an hour, I get called to a till. And then I'm on a till for three hours or so. And then I go for my lunch, come back. And I'm on a till for another hour or so, and then I go for a break mm-hmm. for 15 minutes. Then I come back, and I've got the last like, two and a half hours of the shift to do the whole tidying up and putting things out, which I should have had for the full eight hours. Right. And then the moment that nothing's getting done, and so I'll get more staff. I can't be on a till and doing stuff at the same time. Yeah. But they don't care that... Yeah, they just moan all the time. Yeah, that's not good. So, yeah, that's the main reason why I just I just wanted to get a, a few days away. Um, so the Eagle Box worked perfect, great down there. I showed my brother some PS One games, which on a fifty inch TV look grainy and blurry as hell, which is quite funny. Yeah. So when I actually got back up to Glasgow. I treated myself and I bought No Man's Sky. Oh, yeah. And I had no expectations for this game. Yeah, yeah. no massive spoilers, by the way. No center of the universe stuff. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, you really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's one of those games that... Because it literally is you're flying from planet to planet... It takes minutes, you know, like five, ten minutes or so to get from one place to another. And you can be playing it, exploring whatnot, and then like you think, I've been on this game eight hours. Mm. And I did that like the first night, I, no, maybe the third night when I bought it, I, I actually tried it. I didn't try it straight away. Um, and I was on it for like, from the morning right the way through to the evening. And then about two, three days later, I did the same thing. And 
Yes, it is. The thing is, it's, you know, like these survival sort of games where you have to keep your health topped up. You have to, yeah, yeah. like in certain other games, it's like you feed yourself, you have to make sure you're warm and this, that, the other. Yeah. And on a lot of the games, there's that many stats and things to keep a track on. I get confused and bored. Yeah. But this is like, it's like baby's first survival game. Yeah, it's logical. No, it's very easy. Okay. You don't really have to worry about it. Okay. And because of that, you spend more of your time just walking around, looking at things and trying to solve things. And I'm not that bothered about having no story. I just like the fact you can just walk around and I wish... Do you know those drones, those robotic drones that are on the planets? Yeah. That when you're shooting things and trying to collect minerals and stuff, they attack you. Yeah. That's the worst part of the game because the shooting mechanic is just absolute tosh. Okay. And if you don't destroy them or if you don't get away from them and hide for your wanted level to go down... Then they send out, like, attack dogs. They look like dogs with lasers. Okay. And it's just so annoying. Because I got to a point where I couldn't lift off of my ship because I'd run out of fuel for the thrusters. So I was trying to dig minerals to get enough to make the fuel. Yeah. And every time I sort of, like, moved, one of these massive dog things jumped out and was shooting... And I hadn't upgraded my gun or nothing. I was just shooting around on a planet. Mm. So I just kept getting killed. Okay. And it was just so annoying. Yeah, it doesn't seem too fun. You know, so I mean, I'd wish that you could take, you know, turn them off. But I guess they're there for a reason. But I do enjoy it. I mean, if it was me, my, do you know what my biggest gripe with the game is? What? The fact that the planets are all different sizes and shapes and mass, but yet the gravity is all the same. Yeah, people have people have spoken about like certain things that they thought were going to be in the game that weren't like thing things like gravity and you know that some planets you'd be able to jump really high and others you'd be like stuck to the ground and move slowly and you know maybe that's stuff that they put in on an update eventually. My video's just gone up on YouTube, and it's the first one that's been hit by a copyright claim. What? I love Nintendo. Now, I was uploading a a video onto YouTube, and Nintendo are very... Oh, yeah, they, they, like, they straight away kind of nail you. So, yeah, so the Super Mario Brothers 3 video that I put up, Unfortunately, it's we're not getting money for it. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, yeah. So, No Man's Sky, I was pleasantly surprised at how good it was. Okay. It, I wouldn't say it's a game changer. I would say it's very basic. Mm. But what it does do, it does well. Okay. And you see a lot of these people mourning, but, oh, the graphics are this, the graphics are that. I say, well, yeah, what did you expect? Yeah. 
You know, it's just... But anyway, that's No Man's Sky. One game that I was really looking forward to, which I'll have to write a review for, but I, I went away for a week and I've just dropped everything. Yeah. But I got a copy for Riptide GP Renegade. Okay. And Vector Unit, I love as a developer. They did the Hydro Thunder Hurricane remake, you know, like the on the Xbox 360. Yeah. And they did the Riptide GP sort of series, and that's now on 360 and PS4 and smartphones and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And this... I've only had a, a couple of goes on because I was on No Man's Sky for a lot of the time. Yeah. And I, I've been playing another game, which I'll talk about in a minute. But it looks really good. I love the engine that they've created. The water effects and physics look superb. Okay, that's cool. And it's only like five, six quid, something like that. It's just really fun game. Racing. I don't know if you remember... A game called Jet Rider or Jet Moto. Yeah, I've heard, on of, the it. PS1, I've heard of it. Where you're on like they look like motorbikes but they hover. Yeah, yeah. Um it's it plays something similar to that but with a bit more weight to the craft. Okay. And it's good. It is really good. I'd recommend it to just about anyone. Okay. Fun little game. So the other game that I've been putting a, quite a lot of time into is the new F1 2016 game. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, I've really enjoyed this game. Okay. The handling and the feeling is so good. Yeah. It's just... What did, what did you play it on? I remember it was on PS... I can't use my Xbox, three, uh, Xbox One anymore. Oh, why? So I... It doesn't recognise the control pads anymore, even when it's connected via USB. Okay, that's really It just odd. keeps, every five minutes, just keep saying there's nothing connected. Oh, shoot. So I have to pull it out, pull, plug it back in, and then it'll work for a little bit, and it'll stop again. So, yeah, the Xbox One's dead. Oh, shoot, mate. So, so yeah, so I'm now starting to ask for my PS4 sort of games for review. Yeah, no, fair enough. So, the... From what I've heard of people, they're saying the game looked amazing. I wasn't impressed. Okay. In the career mode where you actually sign contracts and talk to people and this, that, the other, the character models look very, very basic. Okay. And the racing, yes, it looks good. But when the track camera goes right up and over for an overhead sort of view of the circuit it looks very sparse okay you know like what do you mean by that as, it doesn't seem to have the detail <clears throat> of what I would expect okay you know like say like there's a, a building or a a barn or just like a summit yeah it looks very low texture yeah it's just like a square block and very low textured sort of thing on it, which it does hamper. You know, when it's trying to look so real, then all of a sudden the camera goes over something, it just looks, oh, that looks really bad. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. It's like a PS2 sort of thing. But the game plays amazingly well, so that's quite fun. Oh, okay. Now, I've wrote down here King of Fighters 15, 
because I got sent that to review as well because I loved King of Fighters. But unfortunately, because I went away for a week, I've not had a chance to actually put it in the PS4. So I'll have to wait till next week to tell you about that. Okay. Um, I played the first 10, 20 minutes of We Happy Few. Oh, yeah, yeah. On, on the Xbox One or on PC? On Xbox One. Yep. And that's when I realised me Xbox One kept crashing all right, the time. Right, right, gotcha. And it's the same bit that I saw at the E3 demo. I, I haven't gone into the open world survival sort of like main game mm-hmm. because I know the the game's not due for another a year, year and a half sort of thing. Yeah. So there's no point playing parts of a game that's going to become radically changed. So I've played the bit that this very polished and looks great and plays great. Okay. Uh, my girlfriend was quite offended by some of it, like hitting the rat and eating it sort of thing. Okay. <clears throat> but, so that's that. And then the last game that I've played is WWE 2K16. Yeah, that was on uh, Xbox Games with Gold, wasn't it? Yes, that's why I got it. Fair enough. And... I am one of these weird, strange people where... Do you know the on the PS1 they had like WWF Arcade and WWF in, in the house or in your house, something like that? Yep. Which was like a 2D side-on fighting game and the characters were... Lo- the, it looked much more like the Mortal Kombat type, like dig- digitalized characters. Yeah. So they looked quite real, but they were doing over-the-top wacky moves. Yeah. And that was my sort of fun game. Yeah. Whereas this, I think this game is terrible. Oh, really? It's so slow. You know, and it's like, oh, it's realistic. It's like, no. Like, Knockout Kings, that was amazing. And that was quite slow. But I just don't think this plays very well at all. Oh, okay. That's sad. But, it makes it more understandable why it might be on Games with Gold then. I mean, it's also got the feature of being able to put your face on the character. Okay. Like, you get an, an app on your mobile phone, take a picture of your face and upload it. Every single time I tried, it just timed out and wouldn't upload. Yeah. That sucks. And that was the main reason. I just wanted to create like some characters that looked funny, mm. you know. But um, I guess it just didn't work. So that is all that I have been playing. Okay. So do we have any news or? I mean, it was Gamescom uh, recently. I don't think anything really happened there. Did the only, it? the only big announcement that I saw. I mean, there, were, you know, there were a few kind of. I don't know, you know, like there was there was a showing of a lot of games, but nothing new. Except the only thing I heard of was Metal Gear Survive, which was a um, yeah. it's Konami's first venture into the Metal Gear franchise, 
kind of all the console franchise, uh, without Kojima. Um, and it takes place directly after the events of Ground Zeroes, when kind of some of uh, Big Boss's men are left behind. And for some reason or another, uh, you know, in the in the the explosion that destroys Mother Base that we kind of see at the end of Ground Zeroes, and for some reason or another, the surviving men are pulled through a wormhole into a world where they are now forced to fight crystallized zombie-looking things. So there's been like a pretty bad reaction to it so far. I think it, you know, I mean it. They've said that it'll have the gameplay of Metal Gear Solid Five with kind of a newish story, but they want to have kind of four-player co-op, um, and that it won't be a full-priced game. So there's a lot of factors in there that it's kind of like, all oh, right, I'm not quite sure what to expect. I mean, if it's another game that, you know, I think I think it's relative to kind of who's looking at it because for fans of long-term fans of the series, a lot of people seem to be uh, hurt or kind of um, just salty about how Kojima was treated by Konami. Uh, they don't want to see the series brought back without him, or at least not in this way. So they're very against it. Whereas someone like me, um, Metal Gear Solid Ground Heroes and The Phantom Pain were my first Metal Gear games other than Revengeance. Um, I really had no idea what was going on with the story the whole time, so that didn't mean much to me. Uh, but I found the gameplay incredibly fun and incredibly like it had a good gameplay loop. So if they can nail the the Metal Gear Solid Five gameplay and have just got a random story in there, I mean, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest and I will say, in my opinion, if this game had have come out and it was like. Kojima's Metal Gear Survival, whatever it's Survival, yeah. whatever. I think people would have been the complete opposite and going, "Oh my god, it looks amazing!" Oh yeah, because it's Kojima, and, you know. You know, but. and I, I think you know, I'm a, yeah, I'm a mix of kind of on the the side of yeah, I know, you know, people are shallow. If it was Kojima, they'd love it because it's not Kojima, they hate it. You know, are they really giving it a fair chance? But then the argument can also be made that, hey, Kojima, for these fans, proved himself many, many times. He proved he could make a game uh, several times that people wanted, even when it took a weird turn. Uh, so if this looks like it's taking a weird turn, we trust Kojima, he can do it again. But without him, it does seem more like uh, Konami making a cash grab. They just want to use the franchise name on a random game that has nothing to do with Metal Gear. Uh, but the only thing I did say is I was in a I was in a comment section on a video on on the the trailer <coughs> uh, on a on a on a different website, and one thing I did say is people were spewing hate, saying I'm not going to purchase the game even if it's good. I'm not going to give it a chance because you know Kada- Kada- Konami, sorry, are uh, money grabbing bastards. And I kind of said, well, I was like, well, actually, not purchasing this purchasing this game is not going to affect Konami at all, you know. It'll take it maybe yeah. a little bit of a hit from their pocket, but they'll go, okay, well, this didn't do well. Console gaming's not for us. They'll never make a Metal Gear game again. The series will completely die out forever, and uh, they'll go and make pachinko machines. The people you are affecting when you're saying, I'm not going to buy it no matter what, if it's good or not, I don't care, I'm not going to buy it because it's not Kojima, there's probably a team of talented developers 
who either have no idea who Kojima is or possibly worked with him and really liked the guy uh, and are just trying to do the series justice. They're probably really excited about their chance to make a great Metal Gear game, their chance to impress people and create their own legacy without Kojima. Um, and they're probably working really, really hard on it. And it's kind of sad if these people who probably did nothing to Kojima at all, are just people living their lives, they're the ones who are going to kind of struggle if Metal Gear Survive is just hated universally purely because it doesn't have Kojima attached, even if it's great. They're the ones who worked hard on it. So they're the ones you're actually kind of saying fuck you to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, any of the news? <laughs> no response. <laughs> yep. Got anything else, bro? <laughs> uh, no, not that I can think of. Uh, Gamescom was the... B- what about the leaked PlayStation 4 Slim? Oh, yeah, I mean, I f- forgot about that because I don't care. Um, no, um, yeah, PS4 Slim leaked. Uh, it looks very much like a DVR. It's just kind of a square box. Uh, it looks sleeker than the PS4. It, look, it looks alright. Uh, there's an event at the PlayStation... PlayStation Center or PlayStation Stadium or something or other like that in New York on September 7th uh, where they will be kind of doing some big announcements. So, I mean, you, you, you'll know that it'll be with PlayStation VR. It'll be with the rumored PlayStation 4K slash, you know, whatever that's called. Um, they'll be announcing the Slim officially. Uh, I think it's real. There's, there's too much information out there to kind of prove it. But I think the problem with Sony and Microsoft at this point is the fact that with people knowing that the Scorpio is on the way, that the PlayStation 4K is on the way, or whatever they both end up being called, um, it's going to be tough to convince people to buy a new version of what is very soon going to be an old console. You say that, but the Xbox One S is sold better than the Xbox One and they actually outsold the PlayStation 4. They outsold the PlayStation 4 last month, but that's combining the Xbox One S and Xbox One sales together. And... Well, yeah, and but it's, the majority of them is the Xbox One Yeah, else. yeah, but it is majority, but it, that's its launch month. You'd hope that in its launch month it would do better than a console that's been out for three years. So, I mean, it's, it's but, people are still going to buy it. Like, what, be- what you're saying is, the same as my my thinking is, I'm not going to waste £300 on that when the Scorpio is out next year. Uh, for a lot of people, they, they are considerably affecting this. I'm not saying not a single person is going to buy the Xbox One S. Or not a single person will buy the PS4 Slim. There'll still be people who go out and they're like, well, I've been wanting um, Xbox One or because there's still people there's still people who go out and buy PS3s. But I'm just saying, in the grander scheme of things, if people thought that the slim uh, models of both these consoles were the only things on the horizon and not new consoles, they'd be selling a lot more. Because there are people who are definitely holding off on buying one of these consoles because they know something more powerful is coming. There are definitely people who would have bought a Slim, even though they have a PS4, just because they haven't bought a new console in a while, but are now holding off because there'll probably be something next year. It doesn't. I'm not saying it's not going to sell at all. Obviously, it's going to sell you know, a fair amount. But 
there's still a serious impact made by all these rumors about new consoles right around the corner. So, I mean, for me personally, it just, I own a PS4, I'm really curious slash dubious to know more about the PS4K and then the Xbox, uh, the Xbox Scorpio, um, a slim console, I mean, for me, it's just, it, it, it's not of interest. I mean, and, until my PS4 dies and there's, you know, and I find out that the PS4K isn't coming out till 2018, the, uh, the slim isn't, you know, doing anything for me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I will admit, I do like the look of the Xbox One S. I think it looks really nice. I think the pictures I've seen of the PlayStation 4 Slim makes it look like a really cheap, uh, nasty sort of plasticky finish. Yeah, and that'll you that'll know, help them lower the price, but I mean, it doesn't, oh, yeah, it doesn't yeah, make it look right. That's the thing. It's the same as like when the PlayStation 3 went to the Super Slim, mm. where it looked absolutely horrendous, yeah. where it had like a little trap dock Yeah, thing. that was, yeah. But I ended up the <clears throat> knock it down. See, I ended up just getting the the first slim for the PS3, which I think is great, and it, it still works. That I've never had any problems with it. But I mean, I remember when we—I yeah. remember when I worked at EB Games at the time when we started selling the Super Slim, and I was like, "This is uh, this is cheap and tacky and bad." Yeah. But I guess you know if they're wanting to sell them at a reduced rate, then they need to lower the cost of manufacture. Yeah, and I mean, if they're putting out new consoles next year, they need to kind of show that there's a price difference, because otherwise otherwise people are going to think, okay, then why should I buy this new console? Because it's basically the same as the other one. You know, you've got a... Price is linked to quality, sadly. So... You've got to show that your new consoles are worth something, and by doing so, you've got to make your old console a little bit cheaper. So, you know, Sony's probably going, if it's a cheap plastic finish, but we can sell it for $100 less, then why not? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think that's basically it. I mean, I know there was a lot of rumours towards the beginning of the year that were saying that the, the PlayStation Neo was supposed to be coming out at the end of this year. Yeah, some people are still tossing up between it could still come up alongside the Morpheus. Um, no, I think the problem, because they didn't realise the Slim was actually coming out, I think they had the signals crossed a little bit, and I think the the news that was coming out that there's a new Sony console coming out, I think it's the Slim. I think at this event they'll say, and look at this nice new Slim, and it's out now. And then they'll at the end of it they'll say, and... Next year, we will be bringing our new technology, blah, 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 for the, you know, the new Neo. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people are complaining about that, saying it's too soon for a Neo and a too soon for a Scorpio. And I thought it was, too, I you know, because I had the PS2, which I got really late, and then I got the PS3 really late, but still got a really good, you know, kind of amount of time out of my PS3 and 360, got a good four or five years out of them. Um and from someone who bought a PS4 and an Xbox One on day one, it feels... <clears throat> I definitely don't feel like I have the massive catalogue of games that I do on PS3 on my PS4. Um, 
And I don't feel like I've kind of got as much use out of my PS4 as I did for my PS3. So there's a part of me that's like, oh, it's not time for new consoles. You know, that you need to test this hardware more. But simultaneously, like, someone made a very good point if they said, well, this isn't unfamiliar. You know, the, the, the jump between the Xbox and the Xbox 360, that's basically the exact same period of time as Yeah, that was only four yeah, years. That's, that's basically the exact same period of time that's rumored to be between the Xbox One and the, the new Xbox. So, I mean, yeah. you know, fair call. And, and actually, in retrospect, a lot of people are saying, yeah, it was the 360 and the PS3 that had the bizarre life cycle. Consoles do not usually last that long. So... And they had the bizarre pricing as well on the 360 and the PS3. Yeah. So, I mean... Whereas yeah. every other console, after about four or five years, drops to about... 80 quid, yeah. 100 pound. They like to get it under 100 pound. Yeah. Even now, if you go to a shop and buy a new PS3 or an Xbox 360, I think it's still about 180 pound. Yeah. yeah. Which is just crazy. Yeah, it is. A popular console. So, I mean. And yeah. you can actually buy like a PS4 for like just about 50 quid more. Yeah. So, I, mean, I think mine was only 200 pounds and it came with like three games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, I get all the life cycle stuff and that people are talking about. I guess it's just, for me, it seems really weird for the two factors of, I don't feel like I, um, I don't feel like I've gotten enough out of my PS4. I don't feel like I've played enough games that were of a good enough quality to be like, yep, no, that was a great purchase, like I did with my PS3. Um, Can I just say something, see if you agree or not? Yeah. On the... 360 and the PS3 there was a lot more shit that came out but there was also the really triple A high end masterpieces yeah yeah whereas with the Xbox One and the PS4 there hasn't been that many shit but it's just all plain safe above average yeah, games no, no, I'm and there hasn't yeah. been massively great games. I'm 100% with you on that. I, PS3, 360, you're right, there was a lot of trash that was floating around, and then you had some, you know, you had a couple of gems each year that were just phenomenal, they did something different, they pushed the boundaries, you know, whether that was narratively or gameplay-wise or graphically, and they were amazing. This generation, I, yeah, I feel like that. I, I don't feel like... You know, most games that have come out and I've played, I'm like, no, nah, it was alright, you know? Like, that could have been awful on the PS3, but it was alright here. But then... I haven't had a single game on the PS4 or Xbox One that blew me away and made me go, wow, that's amazing, amazing gameplay features and all that. I mean, it just hasn't, I guess, like, I've been waiting for that game so long, and it's, this period of time up until now has felt like, for me, during the PS3 and Xbox 360 generation, where people were getting to grips with the hardware, making the best thing they could with the knowledge they had. And then eventually you had like Grand Theft Auto V and The Last of Us um, on the kind of end of that cycle where they nailed the hardware, they knew exactly how to make an amazing game and they did it. And I still feel like people are trying to work out how to make an amazing game on the PS4 and haven't succeeded yet. So... I don't know, it's weird. And then, the, the, you know, the other point I have is the fact that it's like, well, PS4 has been such a runaway success. You know, over 40 million units. How did, how do they suddenly, I mean, because with the PS3 and things, there's about a year where you kind of get ports of the, the new games that are on the PS4 and Xbox One, and you get a more low-res version on the PS3 or 360. 
But other than that, it kind of like, it, the PS3 and 360 lost support very quickly. And so I'm like, well, what's yeah. going to happen, you know? I, is it just, are my games going to transfer over? Can I play them on the new console? Are they stranded on this PS4 well, that I've only had for three I years? Think, I think that's why Sony's been very cagey. Whereas Xbox, they can, because they have, they can basically emulate the original Xbox, Xbox 360, and then the Xbox One games will run at a higher fidelity on the new machine. Yeah. So they can basically say, all your games come with you on the new console. Yeah. Whereas the PlayStation, it's like, because they bought Gaikai for so many billion dollars, they still haven't got PS3 games on the PS4 to run natively. And they're doing a weird thing with the PS2 games. Yeah. Where they have to remaster each one to include trophies and retexture them slightly and this, that, the other. So their their strategy is a little bit weird. So they say, well, some games come, some games won't, other games might. Mm. Whereas Microsoft, at least they've said, right, all we need is the publisher's permission and it'll go straight up. See, here's my opinion. I think the the next console, you know, if this is an actual difference in the console generation rather than just like a very minor change in kind of specs, if this is kind of their next consoles, then I think there needs to be four things that happen for me to kind of go, okay, I'm really excited for this. This is what I want. PlayStation and Xbox do need to turn their accounts into Steam accounts, basically. You know, if at this point now with... The the issues and the complaints that both companies have gotten in the past about backwards compatibility, and the kind of easiness, like the PC nature of you know kind of gaming, it it should be like a PC. You know, if I bought a whole ton of games on PS4, you know, I should be able to run them on my future consoles. You know. Secondly, if they're going to do them kind of every four years, I think the smartest step is you know you you do need to get close. I think console gaming needs to get closer to PC gaming, but they need to do it in a way that is still dirt is still super easy because that's all console gamers want we don't care if it's closer to a pc we just want it to be easy like i don't have to want to worry about my graphics card or my specs or all this so they can do that in two ways they can sell all games still as ps4 games but then when you go on the you know you go on the setup menu you know when you're setting up your brightness you're setting up all that kind of stuff that you do in every game it says are you playing this on a ps4 or a ps4k you click on the one that you're doing it, and then it adjusts the graphic levels to whatever you're playing it on. So they're both still PS4 games, but if you're playing it on a PS4 game, it just aggr- it just adjusts it to a higher level. And then the last thing is, I've heard Microsoft, I don't know about Sony, but I've heard Microsoft talk about modular consoles, kind of in passing. And I think that's the way console gaming needs to head, because... Yeah, it definitely gaming can't these consoles that cost a fortune to make and a fortune to buy. You can't put them out every three years. People just aren't going to want to buy them um, that soon. Even someone like me who was like adamant, I'm going to buy both consoles day one when they came out. Now I'm like, OK, this is too soon for me to buy either. They have to put out a console and they have to say, look, don't worry about updating graphics card. Don't worry about your driver or whatever it is that PC people have to worry about. I don't even know. They go, look. There's this box on the top of your console, right? In a year and a half, we're going to make a new box. It's going to be more powerful. All you do is un- unplug your old one, plug in the new one. You now have a more powerful system that could run more powerful games. And that's all it is. And then you sell it for 
hundred, $150. Because you don't have to replace the disk drive, you don't have to replace anything like that. You just have to replace this little box that, you know, I don't know, adjust the graphics card or the drivers or, as I say, whatever it is that needs to be adjusted. And it's as simple as that, and you just plug it in, take it out. You don't have to take it apart, you don't have to go out and buy, you know, look and go, what's the best graphics card? It's just a thing you plug in, and that's it. And they can update that every year or so, and then games can continuously take advantage of that. And um, there'll be, a, you know, there'll be a thing on the box saying, you know, can run on, you know, it'll be like an iPhone. It'll be like can run between this model and this model, um, and the higher end model will run better, and the lowest end model will run worse. And eventually, it's kind of like, you know, eight years down the path, you'll still have your same console, but the first box thing that was attached on the top won't run most games. So you're going to have to buy one of the newer boxes. You know, it, it, just make it make it more like a PC, but make it easy. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's Yeah, I, I just think you have to do it like that because I, I think it's all correct in the same that we need to move towards the PC space and being a more digital games focus instead of retail games. Uh, your catalog needs to come with you and your console needs to be modular. But just make it easy for us. Because the moment... And that's why the Xbox One's initial announcement was confusing. Because it's just like, you made it too confusing. There's too many random features that we don't know if we care about. Just make it simple. Make it streamlined. Make it easy. That's what a console is. Do you know what? I was one of these weird people that everything they said before the launch, I really was looking forward to the Xbox One. That's why I pre-ordered it. (laughs) I wanted to be able to share games that way we could get one game in to review and I could I could test it, play it, get some video capture and then I could send the code off to someone else to review. Yeah. Whereas now once you've locked it to your console that's it. Yeah. Because the baby's cried. <laughs> I wasn't fussed. I just I just, you know, saw both conferences and just went, "No, nah, PS4 is where I want to go. The Xbox." Will. I just think I thought Xbox One had a lot of cool features, but I just think the whole, like, they focused way too much on TV. That was that was what really threw them. It wasn't all the other features that really, like, I didn't care about any of the other features. They they didn't bother me. I thought some of them were kind of cool. It was just, they just went on and on about, you know, TV and being able to flick between sports and other channels. And I was like, I'm not buying an Xbox One to watch the fucking rugby. Like, I'm buying it to play a game you're not making this conference interesting to me. And then Sony came out, they were like, game, 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 game. It's for games. It's easy. It's for games. And I was like, oh, it's for games. I like games. Done. Yeah, I think... From what I could gather, I think Sony... And I would say a lot of the gaming press stabbed Microsoft in the back. Yeah. Because I think they all, from what I could gather, from what I was told, there's a lot of gentleman agreement about a lot of the stuff that was going to be announced and said. And then all of a sudden Sony turned around and completely did the opposite. Yeah. Um. You know, who knows how much of that was like agreed between the two of them or how much was, you know, like speculation of Microsoft was like, we are sure Sony's doing this and Sony being like, we are sure Microsoft's doing this. It's who knows? It's just, um, it was just really unfortunate for Microsoft. I have it on good authority of a Sony PR person who I'm not going to name that they had two different slides for the price points of the PS4. 
in the when they were doing the practice, they had the same price point as the Xbox One with the camera. Yes, they were going to release it with the camera, and it was going to be the same price as the Xbox One. Yeah, and then right at the last minute. Um, they sort of like swapped them and sort of like, oh, it's a hundred pound cheaper. Yeah. Yay. And I do love the fact that they're saying that Sony were like, oh, we don't force you to be online, but you try to play a game if you're not connected to the internet. It just comes up saying, can't find server, can't play the game. Yeah, I don't know how many games that I played on my PS4 that are literally unplayable because they haven't got the day one patch and I haven't got internet that day. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's just it's just PR spin and wording. I mean, yeah. And Sony just like just props to them. They just did it better. They uh they nailed their kind of like announcement of it. And Microsoft, you know, I like I'm, I I wish the best for them because I you know I've enjoyed playing my Xbox One. It's got some great exclusives on it. Um, but they just they just didn't get it right, and they've yeah. paid for it this whole time. Do you know my biggest? worry was with when they announced the ps4 and the xbox one normally with a console launch like when the 360 launched it's a good head and shoulders above what pc is capable of yeah and then over the next two or three years pcs catch catch up up. and then the last two years so the console the overtake yeah and then when the new console comes out it's another leap above pc yeah and that's why it's had to to go to modular but when like PS4 and the Xbox One were announced, even a year before release, there was just mid-range PCs. Yeah. They were nothing spectacular. But yet they were both overpriced of what they should have been. Yeah, no. And that's just, I don't know, that's the nature of kind of PC gaming is the fact that PC games go so much better. Because, you, because I mean, the thing is, you can buy, the, to get the top-range PC, it's like several thousand dollars. Uh, I'd say you could get a really good PC for about one thousand two hundred. In the in New Zealand, it's like two grand plus for like the top range PC, and like a console's about seven hundred dollars, like six to seven hundred. Uh, in the UK, console's about two fifty now, two hundred and fifty. Yeah, because as I say, say re- a- remember in New Zealand, it's it's basically everything's like doubled. Because like the PC that I've got, which is crap which i built up myself literally cost me about 200 quid yeah but it's the same power as the xbox one so i can basically play all the games yes yeah. i don't and, and i think that's why you have to go to modular and i think as well that's why this generation hasn't impressed us because i genuinely feel like the ps3 was a quantum leap from the ps2 um like the game like playing the last of us there was nothing like that on the ps2 and so, I, I genuinely think that for PS4 and Xbox One, it because of, you know, the the fact that, like, it's just, it's expensive to make consoles, but they couldn't make them powerful enough, so it wasn't a big enough jump. Um, they just couldn't make anything that really, like, like, really truly impressed us, and really truly blew us away, like I felt happened in the last generation of consoles. And I feel like if they yeah. take this modular approach... And I, I think that's cool because then they can really say to people, they can say, look, here is, and I'll, I'll talk in New Zealand dollars, so just halve everything I say, okay? 
Um, <laughs> they check out uh, the console and they say, okay, look, the console is $400. And that's got your disk drive, it's got your USB ports, it's got everything, okay? But depending on how good you want your console experience to be, you can buy this basic... Just call it a box and you just plug in the box. This basic box is $100, so it's going to cost $500 all up and up for your brand new console. Um, and it will run at the basic level that this new console will run. Or you can buy this box, which is $300. It's going to cost you a lot more to buy this console, but it is going to run games far better. And I think the only, I think the only thing that comes up then that is an issue uh, because that allows game developers to really go all out and out and go, okay, well we can make anything we want just like on PC. The only thing it limits you to then it goes, well, if everyone buys the cheapest box to play this new console, then the limitations for gaming are limited to what that first box can run because game developers are going to want to cater to all audiences. And I think that becomes the problem again, because what if Sony and Microsoft even put out a more powerful console, um, you know, that gives people the opportunity to play something more powerful, gives developers the opportunity to make something more powerful, uh, but people still buy the cheaper option, the weaker option, so that's where the games are made. Yeah, I just, I love console gaming, I'm not a big PC gamer. But the last few years of these consoles, they've been very underwhelming. Mm. So I just don't know where the future lies. No, I don't know. I, 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 in honesty, I don't. I doubt I will ever become a PC gamer because it's just I just I find it too complicated. I, I, I absolutely hate the fact that I put shit on my PC and then it just doesn't run, and I don't understand why, and nothing's telling me why. Um, <laughs> so I'll never be a PC gamer. And if console gaming ended up going away, which I doubt, I mean, I'd probably da- I'd probably stop being a gamer altogether. Um, I just, it, it needs to be easy. And uh, I want these great experiences, but I 100% agree with you. This last generation, like my top 10 games were games that blew me away, that did something different that I'd never played before, that I went, holy shit, this is amazing. And this generation, my top 10 games are games that I was like, oh, I enjoyed that. I had a lot of fun playing that. But... It did things that I've seen before. It didn't do anything that blew me away. It didn't do anything that I wasn't expecting. It was just fun. So, it's not the same. You know, the, I totally agree. the fact that the fact that still three years in, and I and I genuinely thought this would hurt. So the fact three years in, my favorite game is still The Last of Us Remastered. You know, I thought after I played that, I was like, "This is brilliant. This is an amazing game." But I, I was sure I would play something by now that would make me go, "Fuck, this is so much better than The Last of Us. This does things that I never thought could happen in gaming." Because that's what Last Generation did. I was doing things that I was like, I played the PS2 as a kid and never thought I could do any of this stuff. I never thought this stuff would be possible, and now it is. I've never felt like that with my PS4. Yeah. It's just prettier. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just prettier. Yeah, that's the problem. I think that a lot of the game designs were done on the PS1 and they've just kept that sort of same design and they've just improved the graphics and the rest of it plays almost the same. 
I, th- I think I think kind of stuff was really just nailed down in the, the in honesty in the last generation. Like they finally nailed it to a T. Now they're just like, yep, that is it. The only the only big yes, changes, yeah. like as I say, I go back. The only big changes that I've seen are the uh, the Shadow of Mordor Nemesis system, which was a cool a cool bit of gameplay within another game that had like a lot of features that I played a million times before. Um you know, the kind of focus on procedurally generated content, and I mean, No Man's Sky attempted to do something cool with that, and some people would say they succeeded, other people say they wouldn't. And, I mean, other than that, like, the big thing, I mean, a lot of people go on about The Witcher and how that blew them away, I just felt like that was just, there was just too much shit to do. And it wasn't new stuff, (laughs) it wasn't new stuff, it wasn't, like, amazing stuff I'd never done before, it was just, hey, for every one mission you would have expected, here's 15. So, I mean, yeah, other than The Last of Us, I'd say the, 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 my favorite native game on the PS4 and Xbox One is Dying Light. And even then, like, I thought it did something a little bit different. Like, I thought the zombie system was a little bit different to anything I'd played before. And I thought it was cool being able to parkour while I killed zombies. You know? But, like, it, there should be more but than that. But you said native... You mean the 360 and the PS3 version was playable and then it just got cancelled at the last minute. I mean, like, The Last of Us was a PS3 game and it got ported to the PS4 years later. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying, like... I'm I'm just saying... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know know it was going to be on the other consoles before it was... I'm just saying, um, Dying Light came out, you know, when it... The day it was released for the first time, it was on PS4. So, like, it's kind of, like, that's my favourite game that kind of came out day and day. It's a PS4 game. Whereas Last of Us is a PS3 game that was up-raised. Um, but even that, I felt like it didn't do that much to really blow me away. It was just a great game. So no, we've had a massive tangent on the future of gaming and our disappointment with this generation. But, but yeah, David, I mean, I think we've made some valid points there. The one thing I will say that's impressed me with this generation, the fact that I like the PS4 controller being a bit more chunky to hold on to. Oh, yeah, yeah. PS4 controller is my is my favourite controller to date of any controller. No, mine's still the 360. Mine was the 360 until I played the PS4. I, I, I love the DualShock 4, I think. it's I, I love it. I don't like the fact that the sticks are the same level. I like him to be one higher than the other. Mm, fair enough. I, I've always thought that was like a taste thing. But, I mean... The reason why I like that sort of design is I used to have a Sega Saturn and the 3D pad was like that. And then when they changed it to the Dreamcast, it was the 3D stick was up high again. And then I went straight to the Xbox where that had the the 3D stick at the top. Yeah. You know, so it's just it's just the natural progression. Gone from like ninety, well ninety eight, all the way through to now, and I've always had like the 3D stick towards the top of the pad. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think that will do for episode 168. Yeah. So please visit our website, oneupgaming.co.uk. We have a new website now where we sell lovely bits of tech. It's called ougtech.co.uk. And we're on Patreon. Patreon, Patreon, 
Patreon. I'd say Patreon. How you say Patreon? We're on Patreon.com and it's just slash O-U-G. We have t-shirts at BlueCyborg.com. Just search One Up Gaming. <coughs> and we're on like Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Just search One Up Gaming. You'll find us at O-U-G Official. If you want to tweet us, it's at O-U-G Official. And if you want to email us directly, it's contact at oneupgaming.co.uk. Please rate us on iTunes. Give us five stars and positive feedback. It just helps when people are searching for podcasts. And we would greatly appreciate it. So, And uh, if you want to follow me personally for any video game stuff, uh, graphic design stuff, or uh, anything to do with the uh, novels I write, then you can follow me on Twitter and on YouTube at HashBrownAddict. And before we go, I will say I need to have a word with you after the podcast, Chris. Sweet, sweet. Just so you don't just hang up and run away. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But we will be back hopefully next week, although Chris, with his moving schedule, it might be a weird... Might try to record some on a different day if that's possible and just put it up on the normal day. Yeah, we'll have to see, yeah. If that helps in any way. <laughs> but thank you, Chris. It's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, thank you, David. And we'll be back next week. Thank you, guys. See you next week. Hey, guys. Justin here. I just wanted to say that I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you a lot. Yes, you in particular in that way. And I wanted to say I think you're great. I've always said that about you. And I was wondering, if you think we're great, if you could give us a quick rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. It would really, really help us out in that, you know, podcasty sort of way. And if you're feeling particularly festive, perhaps even a little saucy, maybe stop by our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash O-U-G and see if you can't slip a few bucks our way. After all, every little penny or whatever space money they use in Europe helps out the show thanks for listening OUG gaming will always be free but with your support we can always move forward and always be better